0: On the 15th floor of the Energy Building, this is GNR Airtime, the podcast that explores the current trends from emerging and well-established industries hosted by the lawyers of
1: GNR. This podcast is for general guidance only and does not constitute definitive advice. Welcome back to GNR Airtime. My name is Bagus Jackson and for this week's episode we're joined by Kenna Safrudin, a counsel in our corporate practice. Hi Bang Kena, welcome. Uh, hi hi hi. Hey Bagus. Good to be here and thanks for having me. So for this week's episode, what we're going to be discussing is something that we have been doing a lot. Obviously, something related to merger and acquisition, but in particular, we're going to be discussing about merger and acquisition or MA in financial services. So there's a lot to unpack, but worry not, we are going to keep it concise. Bankena is obviously an expert on this uh, particular area, so uh, we're we're in good hands. <laughs> so, just to immediately start things off, uh, what are the basics? Yeah, sure. What are the what, what are the basic things that we mm. need to know mm. when it comes to yeah. financial services M&A? Uh, well, yeah,
0: financial services M&A is like any any other M&A in any other sector or industry, and you know the, the, the basic things that you need to know. It's basically the same. Uh, anyone involved in any M&A activity would need to know and understand well. What I would consider the most basic things are um, three things. One is the regulator. Um, Mm -hmm. You need to understand who is the regulator, regulating and supervising the industries. Number two is the regulations, um, the regulatory environment. Uh, What is the regulatory framework regulating that particular industries? And you you need to also um, understand how the conduct and the behavior of the business players in the industries are being regulated. And the last one, um, the transactions itself. Know, the deal process the flow of the m a deals mm. is essentially similar but there is something distinctive with financial service M&A and that would be mainly because of its uh, highly regulated industry so i'll come to this in a moment but let me try to comment on these three basic mm. things um the right. first one the regulator i mean you and, and i think everyone else would know that uh, the regulator for financial service sector is the OJK yeah. it's the Indonesia Financial Service, Regulatory, and Supervisory Authority. The OJK is the sole and single authority that oversight all types of financial service institutions or lembaga keuangan, banking, and non-banking. So non-banking right. industry will include um, capital market, insurance, securities companies, multi-finance, pension funds, uh, venture capital and other non banks financial service institutions that collect funds from the public now um, right. they, they have the authority to pass regulations uh, issue uh, and revoke license business license uh, enforce mm-hmm. supervisions that will include uh, perform an audit offer financial service institutions and imposing sanctions for non-compliance so that's that's basically what the ojk is now the regulations i think first and foremost everyone needs to understand that financial service sectors is the most highly and strictly regulated industry in Indonesia, I would say. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, we have we have a bunch of regulations governing each type of financial services. There's a set of regulations for banks, another different set of regulations for insurance, multi-finance, and securities company, and so on and so forth. And uh, just a note on this, uh, the regulations that we have right now, that you see right now, that, that are currently in place, um, is the products of the OJK uh, as part of the regulatory reform, because pre-OJK regime, and that will be before 2013, which is the year uh, when OJK is, was was fully functioned and operational after taking the banking authority from BI. Now, financial service regulation is a product of BI in the past. Uh, BI, BAPAPAM ELKA, and the Ministry of Finance, because they are the previous regulatory and supervisory authority for banks and non banks industry. There's a quite a number of new regulations issued by the OJK starting in 2016. They changed the financial service regulatory landscape in the financial service sector. And this is still ongoing. Uh, And they are still issuing new regulations to better regulate um, the industry. And uh, last one, the transactions, and I mentioned earlier about something different on financial service m The key differentiator between financial service m and transaction with any other m transactions is the regulatory approval process. So, for example, mm-hmm. um, for insurance acquisitions, the company, the insurer, will have to submit a change of ownership application and fit and proper tests for the new controlling shareholders uh, to, to the OJK for approval. Well, you, you cannot close the deal before obtaining the approval from the OJK. Right? The, the process itself, um, the license, the, the approval process, it's a highly complex procedure and relatively time consuming. There is a long form of documents checklist that will have to be submitted to the OJK as part of the application package. And the review process by the OJK is quite detailed. And also they have the authority to uh, request for more information and documents. Uh, in addition to the OJK approval, the purchaser, which would typically, foreign investors, um, because most financial services m are cross-border deal, they will likely be required to obtain uh, approval from the authority in their home country. You don't really see this sort of process in other m uh, That's what uh, the financial service m a is is different with any other mas and the timeline to complete the deal uh in the financial service uh m a can be for a period of at least six months and it is that so it makes a financial service m a is a it's a it's a lengthy process to complete
1: yeah quite lengthy yeah <laughs> yeah so mm. uh, let's talk about the prevailing regulation so uh, what are the key provisions uh, under the prevailing regulation that, are, that you think are the most uh, relevant for financial services m mm. So uh
0: So on, on that particular question, I would say, uh, I would response that uh, basically, we would have three most relevant provisions under the regulations that um, any anyone involved in financial services m and would, would know. Uh, okay. The first one being foreign for ownership cap. Right. you know a, a purchaser a purchaser of uh, financial institutions in Indonesia they will need to know how much shares they can own right, right. <laughs> and, and, and most, yep, of, yep. Uh, most of the time most of the time they would like to have a controlling interest which means more than 50 percent uh, and right. they don't really want to become a minority um, in a financial service in Indonesia so mm-hmm. um, well the cap for insurance multi-finance and securities companies is relatively straightforward uh, it's 80 percent. Uh, um and 85 percent so insurance is 80 uh the rest is 85 percent uh for banks um, there is a categorization depending on the types of purchasers regard regardless of whether these purchaser are of foreign or a local purchaser so um if it's a uh, if the purchaser is a bank uh, or non-bank financial institution uh the cap uh for this single shareholders is 40 percent uh, for okay. non-financial institution, yeah, the cap is 30%. Uh, if the purchaser is in the, an individual, let's say you want to buy a bank, your yes, cap is yes. 30%. I mean, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> but I think most importantly, most importantly uh, you know, something that I need to also highlight in relation to the cap for banks, uh, the OJK, they have a discretionary authority to set higher limits. Uh, and this happens quite often in practice. Um, you know, if you, if, if you see a purchaser are being able to purchase more than 40%, and even in reality, you can actually see a purchaser, a foreign purchaser, acquire 80% or 90% of shares in listed bank in Asia, that is possible. And OJK, do have, they do have a, an authority to, to set a higher limit uh, beyond the cap. And typically, um, they apply this discretionary authority if the purchaser uh, is willing to commit to purchase the second bank. You know, so uh, they will acquire the first bank, uh, the OJK will allow them to acquire more than 40%, let's say 90 or 80%, but they need to commit themselves to acquire a second bank, uh, which is, you know, can be a small size bank or a medium size bank, and they need to consolidate. Right? So they need to merge the two banks. So the, this is actually um, the agenda of the OJK uh, for consolidations of banks. So uh it's kind of their uh, intention to have a uh, last bank in Indonesia, and they're giving away this incentive for a potential purchaser who is willing to uh, to invest in a bank in Indonesia more than forty percent uh, but with the condition they should uh, acquire another bank uh, a second bank to be further and consolidated consolidate those banks mm. yeah. Okay. So that, that 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 will be the first uh, uh, most relevant provisions. The second okay. one would be uh, about controlling shareholders and the fit and proper tests. So uh, what we call the fit and proper test or FPT is basically uh, a benchmark used by the OJK to assess whether certain key parties of financial service institution is suitable to perform its function as a key parties. Of the financial service institutions, so that's basically it. And the term key parties would include controlling shareholders. So effectively, uh, in order to become a controlling shareholders, a purchaser uh, who acquire a controlling interest will have to pass the FPT and obtain FPT approval from DOJCA. And generally, controlling shareholders would mean a party that acquires 25% shares or more. Or uh, acquiring less than twenty-five percent, but that party has the ability to control the financial service institution. So, uh, for example, in banking, uh, in banking sector, if a certain shareholders have the ability to nominate a director, but they don't have twenty-five percent or more, they 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 have actually less than twenty-five percent that particular shareholders can actually be subject to to the FPT approval process. So that that would be number two, uh, most relevant provisions. um, Last but not least, Uh, number three is about the single presence policy or the SPP. So uh, the SPP uh, provisions generally say that the party can only be a controlling shareholder in one type of uh, bank or non-bank financial service institution. So in the banking industry, uh, one controlling shareholders can only have one commercial bank and one Sharia-based bank. Right? Uh, if if it acquire another commercial bank or another uh, Sharia bank, um, resulting that um, this particular party owes more than one commercial bank at the same time or one Sharia bank at the same time, then that party must consolidate. So that's essentially what the SPP is. You need to. You, you can only have uh, one business in Malaysia, one type of business um, in banks. It's either commercial or Sharia-based uh, banks. In the insurance industry, um, a party that is a controlling share, shareholders they can only own one type of insurance company. So they can actually own one general insurance company and one life insurance company. Oh, if, they acquire, yeah. you know, if they acquire, yeah, if they acquire another. Uh, insurance company
1: within a similar line of business, then they need to consolidate. So, how active is the financial services MA in, in, in Indonesian market? Yeah, well, it's quite
0: active actually, um, and it's mainly because of the level of competitiveness in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, financial service MA deal is a high profile deal so you would receive you know that kind of deal would receive uh, public attention uh, strong public attentions uh, and, and um, it will typically involve a number of potential buyers having interest in acquiring shares in a proposed sale of a financial service company so you have a bunch of buyers who would be ready to, to buy in a in sale of a financial service company and that's why I think in, in the market you would normally see an auction process for financial service M&A. Just to give you an illustration, uh, last year and this year, um, you know, you um, know, uh, Jakarta and Singapore office, we, we have uh, represented five uh, offshore financial investors
1: right. for a number of
0: proposed acquisitions and we have managed to close two deals. And this is only for banks and insurance M&A. Not to mention, I haven't really... Uh, Touch anything about uh, multi finance or VCC or yeah. securities company MA. So uh, the figures is outside um, um, that that sort of deals. I also think uh, the market will continue to be active because mm-hmm. um, financial service uh, sector in Indonesia is still attractive for foreign investors. Um, right. Foreign, I think you know, you know, we discussed a bit about foreign ownership cap, right? I mentioned about the eighty percent and eighty five percent cap in the insurance and um this company etc now uh the thing about foreign ownership cap uh, here in Indonesia it's still the most liberal in the region, you know, the cap for insurance is eighty percent and eighty-five percent for multi-finance for this company and VCC uh, banks is forty percent. But um, there has always been precedents where uh, purchaser can actually acquire more than forty uh, percent. So mm-hmm. where Logica um, apply a discretionary authority.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, I think in terms of foreign direct investment, uh, the sectors is 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 pretty much open uh, um, for foreign investment. So that's uh, that's why. Uh, uh, driven the the activity in the the M&A, in the financial service M&A in the Indonesian market,
1: pretty much. For the lawyers or for people in the industry that have seen and have experienced real-time the financial services M&A deals, they would definitely know how things work. But I think it would also be beneficial for listeners to understand a little bit about how financial services M&A works what what's the overall flow uh typically well, for a transaction yeah package? sure thing so um this is very technical uh, but but let me
0: try to simplify the flow so yes please. Uh, i i mentioned earlier about the auction process so yeah uh, that's right that's true the transaction will normally start with the competitive auction process uh, there will be a number of uh, bidders well you would normally see Five or four bidders submitting a non-binding offer containing an indicative purchase price to the seller, uh, and, and, okay. and bidders they don't have they don't have uh, they don't have access to the data room as yet uh, at this phase. Um, we call it the NBO phase or uh, the non-binding offer phase. So, seller they would normally provide some 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 key key information about the target via information memorandum. Okay. Um, Uh, And then the seller will then shortlisted the bidders. Um, Typically at this stage, there will only be three or two bidders that will pass um, and go to the next phase, i.e. the due diligence phase. So um, in in this phase, bidders will have the opportunity to do the the exercise over the target. Uh, And at the same time, they will be asked to provide markups of the transaction documents. Um, now, the, the DD period is typically for four weeks um, and at the end of uh, of the process, uh, bidders will be required to submit a binding offer uh, or a BO containing the final uh, offer price or the final purchase price that they will uh, be offering to the seller.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and the next step is for the seller uh, to select the preferred bidder. There can only be one preferred bidder, which is the winning bidder. Uh, and grant exclusivity. To that bidder, to the winning bidder, um, to negotiate, uh, to finalise and sign uh, the transaction documents, well, mainly the CSP, conditional sale and purchase agreement. And typically, there is a short, a very short time frame to complete all of this. Uh, once the CSP is signed, the entire regulatory process kicks in, you know, making all the various uh, publication or regulatory announcement uh you know we, we discuss a bit about the fpt you know after the signing of the cspa you know uh, both parties they will start preparing um populating uh and then submitting the required documentation the required documents, yeah, all the necessary documentations that needs to be submitted as part of the application package to the ojk in order to be able to obtain Uh, the the approval from the OJK. When all the regulatory process have been completed, then parties will close the deal. And following closing, there will be uh, a number of reports uh, that the the relevant financial service institutions need to file to the OJK, informing them or notifying them that the deal has closed. Uh, So that pretty much sum up the, the flow or the process <laughs> in general.
1: Right, right, right. Interesting, interesting.
0: As a conclusion, it's a it, it's a highly regulated industries. Uh, yeah. In terms yes.
1: in, in
0: terms of the regulatory framework um, and the transactions is is pretty much a complex one. Uh but in terms of the M and A activity, it's still it's still very attractive. We are expecting more M and A activity in the future.
1: Definitely, definitely. That's good to know, and that's good for us as the lawyers who are hopefully will hopefully be able to Generate more experiences so that we can catch up to where you are, (laughs) bang. All right. Yeah, that is also a good point, Gus. I mean, Mm. uh, with the financial service M&A,
0: it's not just about uh, understanding the regulations. You know, it's not just about reading the regulations. You need to have a good uh, connection with the OJK, you need to have a good sense on how the OJK will will apply their policy, um, because although it's a highly regulated industry, it doesn't mean there's a, that, that it doesn't mean that there is no grey area. I mean, we we've seen. A number of gray area in the in the in the financial service um, regulations, and um, if if you if you have experience, uh, if you have precedents, uh, many of many precedents in the past, you can you can use that knowledge to understand um, how the OJK will behave, uh, how the OJK will interpret um, specific regulations or um, apply a policy. So experience is quite um, uh, quite important. So um, in, in any financial service m I think it would be good if the parties can actually um, choose a firm that do have good experience, uh, a good portfolio in representing financial service clients.
1: Right, right, right. That's 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 very mm. good to know. Uh, Bangkera, mm. again, I think that marks the end of our session for this week's episode. I am super thankful for your time. And Thank we you. hope that our listeners will also find this uh, discussion helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Jena Town. We hope everyone stays safe and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.